Oh, hi. Good morning. Uh, this is Eli. This is my podcast, uh, my art project podcast about craft. Uh, long-winded adventures into uh, tools, techniques, crafts, uh, philosophies around craft and art, uh, problematic behaviors. Um, we're here to we're here to talk about these important things that have to do with art. Uh, I am in my car again today. Imagine that. Can you picture it? Um, traveling south. Um, it's Wednesdays, so I'm going to Palo Alto today. Um, got a morning shift in Palo Alto, evening shift in San Francisco. Got the the meat of my week now. I days and nights are full. Um, Ran out of bagels, so I had sourdough toast and eggs for breakfast. Uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's a pretty good, pretty good option. Um, And just enough bread for a tuna sandwich today. So I got some tuna sandwich and carrots and some cherry sauce from... 2021 I finished I ate the I opened up a blueberry sauce yesterday oh holy smokes that was incredible um just straight blueberries in the slow cooker from 21 and um they were just as good as I remember them I decided to not sugar that batch or um, do anything add any thicker or anything just um, just blueberries and it was really nice blueberries and salami for dinner driving between jobs yesterday eat salami and blueberries on the bay bridge you know to it's a magic time. It's a magic time. Uh, I am deep in the world of making lots of glass. There's lots of talk about fall and Christmas time again this year. We're getting to that place. Um, and there are shops talking about doing more rebuilds, uh, more furnace repair stuff. I'm getting really close with this furnace in Oakland, um, making some good progress on that, and um, that thing is got it all. We got the crucible inside, a 600-pound capacity crucible. Crown fraxed over and the face bricked up 
the face poured a new face on there got the sill in there yesterday and so um, the last of that is going together I believe we still have the door to cast we got to um, put together a door um, so that's exciting um, that's a big big accomplishment and there's other other shops talking about doing similar things so um, walking the tightrope of being a freelance maker more and more feeling like I'm the only one doing this <laughs> there's no way does this and there's a good reason no way does this because it's fucking crazy doing this shit um, but at the same time really enjoying the tightrope act of it and uh, feeling the fear filling my sails and um sailing on these unknown seas um, you know any any alone time and any downtime it's never good for my mind so I just keep moving forward um, giving a little bit of studio time making some progress in my studio doing some weird stuff in there um, trying to kind of I think follow familiar paths of assemblage and you know my studio becomes this like fantasy place of like of joy or what I might picture joy is in my mind um, like finding a place where I can um, just kind of wander around in happiness and wander around metaphorically wandering around through um, beautiful moments uh, and I think you know a lot of it's memories a lot of it's about stories of you know past and friends and youth um, and a lot of it's about memories of making things and like techniques of making things um, objects and the way they're made um, the way that things get um, the you know the history of making and uh, the you know the touch of the hand in handmade things kind of you know often shop things things that aren't necessarily meant to be consumed as 
a handmade object, but something that's more of, you know, a tool or a functional object in a studio that has the, you know, the patina of the maker in it. Um, those things are always so fascinating to me. And, um, which I think kind of, it, 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 it straddles that line between broken and dysfunctional and hodgepodge kind of techniques. Um, you know, those things that are, um, you know, kind of put together quickly to perform a task, but then become the object that performs that task for many years and then wears in a certain way and has a kind of, you know, the patina of the original maker and that technique, but then also of years of use. Um, those kind of objects, I think, become um, the most fascinating to me, which, you know, is probably, like, <laughs> so representative of, like, my own world and my own making and what I do and what I enjoy um, and what I see in my day-to-day -day as an object maker. Um, so perhaps that's perhaps that makes sense huh um so what i really want to talk about today i think i'm going to get to is um drill bits and drilling holes because i think that that's an important thing to do um sometimes we want to poke holes in things and I think you know I just have such a I've had such a long wonderful life with drill bits and all the ways that we can drill holes um, and learning how to properly use drill bits and identify them and sharpen them and you know use funky drill bits to make good holes um, I think that kind of veers back into that territory I was talking about my art practice of like you know using weird funky tools to do the job right um, that's that's my that's my specialty <laughs> so um, you know maybe we should start with um well, okay, no, we're not going to start with that drill bit. We're not going to start with that drill bit. Let's talk about the collets, because I think the collets are the first thing to get through. Um, the collet is the part that holds the drill bit in the machine that's doing the drilling. And um, there are a number of different kinds of collets. The, the most, probably the most common is, is an adjustable collet that you would see on a regular drill machine um, that would have a most of them now are just a grip uh, you kind of grab the outside and you, you give it a turn and it squeezes it's got three little prongs inside of it and that grabs the outside of the drill bit um, a half inch adjustable collet is you know most drill bits 
kind of off the shelf, open up to half inch wide, and can usually go down to around an eighth or maybe a sixteenth. Um, and they have um, a threaded exterior body inside them that makes those three little jaws, or sometimes four jaws, but usually three jaws, tighten together um, to create a pinching little little pincher. Um, so those that adjustable collet is um, it's great a great object a great object. Um, you know, I wonder if the other adjustable collet that this was kind of like grew out of, um, you know, auger bits. An auger bit. Does auger bit have? They have like a a, a squared off shank. Um, an auger bit is generally the. Um, it's the kind that you would use like by hand where the handle is almost an S shape or like a um like a crankshaft of sorts where you would have a kind of doorknob looking thing that you could put against your chest to create pressure and then you have the crankshaft that you move and then the auger bit coming out of the end and those had like they have a squared off shank that was maybe those were all the same size but that fucking thing like it would tighten it tightens down on it it's not just like a fit in there um there was some adjustment to it and i feel like some of those auger bits like there there's a slight variation in the size um i mean that you're kind of getting into that territory of a little bit handmade stuff um and certainly with those auger bits, you would be hand sharpening them. So, the other kind of collet that you'll be dealing with occasionally is an R8 collet. And that, I believe the R8 collet is really like what the R8 specification has to do with is the shank of the collet itself. The collet is the little, is the pronger part that grabs the shank of the bit, but then itself has another shank, um, a rod sticking out the back of it that goes into another thing. And that R8 call it um they are not adjustable those have a fixed diameter so the the squeezy part um is it has a uh squeezers but they don't have that wide adjustment it's like a tube that split into three at the end and so it squeezes to create pressure but it's just only on that fixed diameter um and so with those the R8 collets they have a keyway on the side a little slot that's machined out of the side and then they're threaded in the back end so that you could put it into your um, into the Morse 
taper head that would hold that in, and this is usually in a drill bit or a mill or a mill drill. Um, so a drill, uh, a drill press, uh, a drill press, drill press or a mill. Um, a drill press is a machine that has a spinning head and generally they are belt driven um, and then and I guess that's kind of where like a mill and a, a drill press can differentiate is that they'll like a drill a, a mill you're often getting into like a direct drive situation rather than a belt drive um, the belt drive there's a little bit of flexibility and not as much torque power um, and some slippage where a mill you're getting into that more like fixed drive um, world um, and then the mill drill is also just kind of in between that and then it also has to do with where what moves where a drill press is just is the is the turning part and it can goes up and down and then mill drill is generally where you've got a fixed head and then an adjustable bed and maybe the head can go in and out or something and then the mill is where you start to get into like you can really like move that head around like you've got a way that the head can go in and out and side to side and then plus the bed can go side to side or some sort of combo of those and then you, you might even have a multi-axis where the mill head can rotate in certain directions um, and then as we get into now into the newfangled CNC machines you kind of get to these five and six axis you know areas where the, the whole thing can like really move um, but um, the R8 call it is a tube that accepts a certain size shank bit and so if you're going to have multiple size bits that go into cutters that go into that that you into your machine that you want to drive those cutters um, then you have a different RA collar for each shank um, and that what that does is just like it's it's more rigid than the adjustable call. The adjustable call it just can, can only hold it to such a certain amount of torque, and eventually it just isn't isn't quite squeezy enough to really hold on to that shank. So the R8 call it is a certain size, you know, whatever seven eighths or three quarter or something, and it goes inside this thing it's got a keyway slot on it. it's got a threaded rod in the back and then to it goes into the keyway and the threaded rod holds it into place and that keeps it from rotating that keyway little slot that's machined out of the side keeps it from rotating so that fixes it and it's inside generally of a, a, a morse taper um 
And I believe that you can have the R8 go into different things, not always into the Morse taper, but the Morse taper is the other part that you'll have a drive mechanism. And it is, you know, probably some person named Morse does pretty smart figure this out. Um, essentially got like a two a cone inside of a cone shape, you know, a cone sleeve um the cone being a long taper maybe it's three four inches long and it's a half inch up to a three quarter so it's not much taper it's a, it's almost a straight rod with a little bit of taper and then you put that inside that same shape accepting that shape and then you jam it in there and that fucker is not gonna spin it's enough friction on that um that it will just stay there. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, but that Morse taper is how that holds. There's a couple different Morse tapers. Um, usually like M1, M2 is how they're denoted. Um, and those jammers are a pretty standard fitting inside of the mill or drill press and you've got this Morse taper inside that that's being driven and then inside the Morse taper is where the R8 collet goes into the Morse taper um, so so um What goes into the collets is a drill bit or an end mill or a facing mill, um, you know, a keyway cutter. There's different cutters that you would put inside there. And a drill bit is just a certain type of cutter. Um, it generally is like a an end mill is like, it looks like a drill bit, but it has a flat ends to it um, and so the end mills are used for both like poking holes and for scraping on the side like as a like a router bit um, and a facing mill is going to just be for cutting on that face it doesn't you don't want to cut on the side of it it's just the face of it um, so I guess a router bit, a router is really just another version of this kind of like spinning drill bit mechanism. Um, spinning, spinning cutters, um, really dangerous, powerful cutting machines. So, um, on your mill you've got you know you'll be you'll be using an end mill to cut holes or to scrape on the side of something cut the side of something um, or to face it to make a smooth surface and you just pass it over cutting off you know a hundredth of an inch at a time or uh, you know if you're cutting steel or something and maybe a little more if you're cutting something softer 
And then, if you just want to drill some holes, um, you might want to use a drill bit that then would go into an adjustable collet. Um, and those drill bits, um, generally the shank is the same size as the bit. Um, there have been some different times when, like, you know, certain machines have fairly fixed collet sides, and so all the drill bits have the same size shank. Um, but now it seems pretty universal that, like, the drill bits come and, like, the, the shank is the size of the drill bit. Um, and, well, in those jobber bits. The jobber bits are the kind that looks all, that looks twisted, the twisty bits, um, and those that kind of look like end melds, but with a pointy end. Uh, and those ones, those jobber bits, why are they called jobber? Um, I don't know. Was it a person named jobber? Um, or is it because you got a jobber to do and drill a hole in a thing? Um, so the jobber bits are going to be coming in a little different point that the head is going to come in different angles and your standard head is going to be in 118 degrees on that point um, and a little more aggressive you might have 135 degrees on that point. Um, there's also some like weird stuff like you get in like you know at the hardware store they got these ones that have like these little step down heads that are like way more aggressive. They're harder to sharpen and they're incredibly aggressive um, and they really grab on the way in. Um, 118s tend to cut like evenly and smoothly and enter slowly. 135s tend to be a little more grabby on the way in. Um, and you know it depends on how clean you need your hole like do you want it to be a nice entrance and exit or are you just trying to get a hole through a thing um trying to make it all clean and stuff a 118 a sharp 118 is gonna be great um if you want it to just poke a hole at kitty willies you know, weird hardware store ones with this step-down tip and, you know, plated with some sort of gold chrome jammer. Um, those are going to poke holes, and they're usually going to make a, a more aggressive hole. Um, you also, if you want an aggressive hole, you might want to use a spade bit. And spade is like the big flat bit um, that looks like a, I guess it looks like a spade, like the, the garden tool, uh, big flat, a pa uh, sometimes they call it a paddle bit, I think. Um, and those paddle bits are also, can be pretty aggressive and pretty gnarly as far as chewing up. Um, some things. Sometimes they have a little threaded tip on the spade bit, and those threaded tips are even more aggressive because those threads will just grab and just pull you right in and then jam it right in and really cut. Um, 
so those will generally those spade bits are all going to have the same size shank. Uh, it's usually a six-sided shank, and it's actually pretty. I I believe it's the same size um, as like a standard impact driver these days. And impact drivers have these kind of like one size. Um, their collet is. What even is the name of that collet? It's like a ball bearing sleeve. It's like a six-sided sleeve with a little, a little ball bearing lock um, moment on it. Um, and those are very positive action as far as like they grip but it no slip, but they're kind of loose. They don't. They're not super tight. Uh, so those. A spade bit in an impact driver is a fucking great way to poke some holes, um, to poke some really messy holes. Um, now, those spade bits, they can really, like, chew up on the entrance, and if they're not sharp on their flat blade part, um... They can make a mess of kind of trying to get in, but there are some tricks to using those. Um, in that, like, if you're to clamp, if you put wood on either side, or you can even do this with tape, if you just fucking tape the fucker down, it's better to use wood, like a piece of wood on either side. They'll always have a shitty entrance and a blowout exit, but if you clamp wood on either side and then drill your hole through that, you actually can get a fairly decent hole in the spade bit once they're cut it, if their little tooth edges are sharp enough. Uh, it could be okay. It could be okay. Not always. Um, they are easier to manually sharpen. Um, jobber bits, like 118, you kind of need to be, you, you can sharpen them by hand and you can eyeball it um, but you want to have something to kind of ride it against um, to sharpen if you're going to take a belt sander or some sort of grinder. The spade bits, like you really can like file those down. You can sharpen those by hand with a file. Um, and so that's what makes those nice. It kind of goes back to those auger bits. Like you can kind of, you know, main keep the maintenance up on those yourself um, with a file or a sandpaper which is nice when you're in a kind of situation where you need to um, sharpen your bits a lot uh, which might happen if you only have one bit and you need to drill a lot of holes um, so um Now the spade bit on the other side of aggressive holes is a hole saw, um, and a hole saw is just a—it's like a cup um, with teeth on the edge of that cup. And oftentimes, but not always, oftentimes you're going to have a drill bit down the middle of that. 
um, and the depth of your hole is kind of uh, limited by the depth of that cup um, because it only cuts the ring on the outside and so you have to be able to poke through and get that little cup part the punch hole that you just drilled out you have to be able to get that out of there um, so if you're trying to go very deep into something and, and you your cup is not as deep as the hole you need you will hit the back of the cup as you drill into it and you won't be able to get further in there so maybe you'll have to chip that part out or do some sort of crazy move to get that stuff out of there um hole saws can do they can make a maybe a cleaner hole than a um, spade bit but um they're not they tend to be not as um um true you know it's hard to get them to really like getting them to just really go down in there um, is they tend to walk they don't make a perfect um, hole and some of that has to do with the the shank that holds it oftentimes those hole saws are kind of have a bolt together system that holds it so there could be a little play within that so you might not be getting that perfect um hole you know that's why like you know an end mill or a jobber bit like the full sh the full shank big heavy duty bit you're going to get a straighter bit and you're going to have um you know with a good jobber you're going to be pulling the material up the side of that uh, those little twists and it's going to be removing the material out where the hole saw um, can those can also heat up too and they can burn your burn your stuff so related to the hole saw is a forstner bit and the Forstner bits are, they're like, it's like a hole saw, but with like a spade down the middle. It's just a blade across it, so it actually could cut and remove the material. And these Forstner bits are generally like woodworking, like very clean round hole bits. Um, you do, these ones are like harder to keep sharp. You do have to keep them very sharp for them to work correctly. Um, but they can be really nice for making really clean holes. They generally only are going to work well in a drill press because they're, it's a small cup. It's like a half inch or maybe an inch deep cup. Um, and so they don't have a lot of like guide. They can really walk if you've got them in a handheld drill. And they can really grab too so they can be extra dangerous in a handheld drill kind of not advisable to put them in hand control because they're you're not going to get the true nice bit out of a nice hole out of them plus they're going to grab and they can break both your wrists off um, so forstner bits they're like a hole saw but like well a hole saw is like a, a punched and pressed piece of steel the first nerve is like machined out of a single billet of steel. It's like this cut 
piece of steel that's got a cutter down the middle and then the teeth on the outside um, where the hole saw is a piece of sheet metal that has sometimes teeth brazed onto it so it's got the high carbide teeth but the actual cup is just a regular metal um, Forstners are going to have these fancy little shark teeth in the blade and they can maybe really sharp and a really good Forstner is just, it's great it just cuts it's great entrance great exit not grabby nice and clean makes nice little chips doesn't burn it out all the things you wanted until your Forstner bit is dull and they're really hard to sharpen and they all they do is smoke the whole thing and then as soon as you start getting them hot and they do start smoking that thing then you run into tempering issues which is like a whole another thing with drill bits because drill bits are generally like tempered um, heat treated in a way that would make them give them a certain hardness um, and if a drill bit gets dull it can get so hot that you can change that temper you can alter the temper in your drill bit um, if you um, get it too hot and then it can kind of feed into itself where it's like the temper starts to change and then it really is not cutting and then it's really getting hot and then the whole bit is blue and it's smoking and everything's ruined you'll never be able to sharpen it correctly and you'll never be able to use it again it's a very sad sad moment in drill bit life um and i've definitely seen this with the forstner bits um, because once they go they're really hard to sharpen and you know, oftentimes in like a shop setting where there's many people, you know, using things like a public sort of setting or, a, you know, you might end up in a situation where you've got some inexperienced people using these bits and they're going to push on them and then um, they're going to change the heat treat and they're going to get duller and then that's all you got and so then you're gonna push on it more because you're like fuck it this thing's already fucking fucked anyways you can smoke the whole thing so um forstner bits heat treating heat treated bits um you know I've never reheat treated a bit uh, I would be curious to try that and see about that um I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure it's a fun project. Uh, you know, just get it hot and then hold it for a while, quench it sort of stuff. Um, all I've ever done is ruin drill bits and get new ones. Um, so, Fortuner bits are great for a bit when they're sharp, but then you're like, this fucking sucks. I'll just use a spade and then it's fine and then you just like clamp some wood on it and you're like this thing actually works great and then the spades are like way cheaper and you don't have to keep them all fancy and nice 
Um, so you got your whole sides, you got your force nerves, um, the classic jobber bits. Um, and then, you know, another fun drill bit that we all love is a masonry bit. And masonry bits are generally, they're going to have like an even harder little tip. And it's often going to be brazed on to the end. And where it will just be slightly wider than the shank and the drill bit. And it's going to be the part that has like the first contact with the concrete and the metal. And you might have one that you would just put in a regular drill bit that you could drill through like like a cinder block, something like a little softer aggregate um, or through like a red brick that's not as crazy hard red brick um, or through the mortar, like some old mortar, you might be able to drill through that. Then you're going to get into roto hammer territory where you're going to have these SDS shanks and those the different kind of shank that has like a sleeve it also has some ball bearings that like click it into place um, and it's you know it's kind of it's almost like a combo of that R8 and the you know the um, the impact driver like ball bearing that slips into the sleeve um but the sds bits i believe there's two kinds of like sds sds plus or something where like there's a little bigger size um and generally those are like going to be referred to as a roto hammer a little different than a hammer drill a hammer drill is kind of like they're less common, like a precursor to the impact driver. The impact driver is basically a hammer drill where it like has a hammering action um, while it drills. And then the roto hammer is just a more powerful version of a striking implement um, while it drills the hole. And those you're going to want to have this, this is kind of specific shank and these specific bits and the roto hammers you can sometimes even set to just be hammer or you can set it to be just be drill or it can be hammery drill action uh, and those bits are going to be super extra hard on the tip designed to be able to um, Um, what you might call drill a hole through concrete and those it's the the hard drill bit and the hammering action that creates um, the ability to drill through the hard stuff um, 
you can often get them, and they often can also go through steel because there'll be rebar in concrete sometimes. But that can be um, a kind of tricky part of it. And then sometimes there's aggregate that can be um, hard enough. And sometimes there's hard steel in there that you just can't, and it won't um, get you there. Um, and then same thing you can have a heat treat situation where you can get it hot enough in there um, that the temper of that little braised on tip will change and then you won't be able to it'll stop working as well those rotohammers whoa they're really intense to use. Um, they both are just really rattly on your body. The machines are often very large. They're very noisy. They're usually incredibly dusty. And oftentimes you're in a small area when you're drilling a hole with one of those. Um, so 10 out of 10 would recommend if you're feeling sad. Um, get in the hole and fucking drill. And you definitely won't be thinking about being sad anymore. You just be thinking about how much it sucks to drill that fucking hole. <laughs> um, or you just using it as a chisel bit and you just be chiseling at some shit. Also, you're going to be pissed at that chisel and the stuff that you're chiseling and the machine and yourself and your knuckles as you keep racking your knuckles on things. Um, so those are fun bits and then you kind of get from there i think that it, i think the sds plus or something is like that's when you start to get into the jackhammer territory um and the larger ones and like those shanks that then would attach onto more jackhammery kind of things um air air piston hammer jammers um, uh, so now that we're in the masonry bit territory, the other kind of masonry bit that you might be dealing with is one, like a drill, like a glass drill bit that is going to be, um, a like a diamond tipped or a diamond sintered bit sometimes you're going to get a hole saw that has little diamonds on it uh, and those generally these drill bits are not directional like, they don't have the twisty stuff it actually doesn't matter which way it's going um, it's because of the way like you're not cutting in a grain you're just essentially grinding away um and those are like the cold working mechanisms um where you might have there's both like the fancy kind is going to be like a ceramic bronze matrix that has diamonds throughout or a um like a chrome 
plating that has diamonds in the chrome plating on the exterior. Those are usually the cheaper kind, the kind that you might get if you're just doing like a couple holes, you need to drill out something. The kind that's often on like a little tiny bit, like a Dremel has like, you can get like a little set of Dremels for grinding a little bit or for drilling little holes and stuff in glass. And those generally, because it's just you're doing such little amount of work, they generally work fine to have that chrome um, with the diamonds impregnating it. And then it just looks like it's like a burr bit. It's like a little, it's a rod that's coated, um, you know, looks like a lick stick with diamonds on it. You know, like that little, it's like the little rod with a little diamond glitter on it. Um, and those things, you're generally going to want to run with water. The part of the deal is like running water on these bits, and there's often like these masonry bits. You get into this territory of like the water is nice to keep the dust down. The water is also nice to for your bit. It keeps your bit from um, getting too hot. Um. And that's nice. It's nice for your, because if your bit gets too hot, like with those chrome things, you can just cook the the chrome and the diamonds right off. Um, so there's a reason you might want to keep water on it. But with the masonry stuff, like water is also like a lubricant that's going to make it like not as aggressive. And so you're not going to get the cutting strength that you do if you're adding water. Like a bunch of water in there, you'll be, you know, kind of polishing it more than grinding it. Um, but if you're no water, it can be get so hot you can break things, you can smoke your bit. So it can kind of be this like in you know in between place. And you have you can have a similar thing happen when you're drilling metal with bits like if you're doing like if you're running a mill you want to be lubricating it because you really are cutting aggressively if you're running a drill press with a jobber bit depending on the size and the speed of the cutter and the metal you might want a little bit of oil as lubricant you might not because you're going to get a better quicker cut without the lubricant and this is like you know, a lot of people have some different opinions on this that like the life of the bit and that you're going to be getting, you know, more length out of the bit or some people is like you want to get that cut done or it's just certain techniques or and then it also has to do with especially if you're using a drill press like you're it's, you're applying a certain amount of pressure like by hand. Um, you are you are the drive mechanism. So how much pressure you're applying makes all the difference um, to how much um, to how much lubricant you might want to use. You know. If you like to lean into it, 
um, you might like to use some lubricant um, if you're a little more gentle with your bits um, you might not want it you might get good clean cuts um, and so there's some of that that's similar with the masonry bits and how you're going to use your masonry bits it's like how much pressure are you applying and how big is your hole and how nice is your bit and how fast you want this to go and how much dust you want to deal with um, generally with glass you really do have to be worried about the heat factor um, I found with glass we generally like to use lots and lots of water keep it cool because it's going to break really fast if you get it too hot where we'll be using masonry bits, masonry cutting implements for glass that um, masons don't use water on. We're just using water because we're trying to keep the glass cool, but masons are going to use the exact same bit and the same cutting pads and things, and they're going to use them dry. Um, and so sometimes it has to more, do more to do with the material than it does with the cutting pad. But sometimes you just get a longer life out of the cutting pad, too. Um, and so, you know, you can ask yourself, how long do you want that pad to last? And how long do you want the job to take? Um, forever and forever are both correct answers. Because you're sad, and you're in that hole, and you want it to go on forever. Um, so, on those tiny little masonry bits, um, oftentimes, there is little adjustable collets on the small, like Dremel or a Fordham. Um, those are the brand names of the the tools that will have like a flex shaft or a small, essentially a, a small drill bit machine. Um, there are some adjustable calls, but you also get into the same territory in those small ones where it's just they don't actually have um, adjustable collets. Um, and They just all have the same size shank. And then you have replaceable collets that are, um, you, you take out the collet and use the right collet for um, the right size shank. Which, um, I feel like those are like, I want to say they're like 530 seconds or something. It's like a pretty common one on those small shanks. Um, but that's always like I feel like whenever I've had to deal with like multiple of those I'm always like wrestling with like which collet versus the shank size that looks like all the same but it doesn't quite fit or you're like, cramming it in to fit um, but then it's the same with like the adjustable collets are like never that great and they're always a little slippy and um, 
Fordham makes a nice a nice flex shaft adjustable call it um, cutting tool those are those are great if you're trying to poke little holes it's a great way to poke tiny little holes um, if you're trying to poke big holes that's not the tool for the job um, so I don't know. Did we cover all of the whole cutting tools? I'm sure, there's more. I mean, it's always a pocket knife. Um, it's always crazy things you can stick in drill bits, but you don't want to do that. You don't want to hurt yourself. Um, so. Now, it's time, it's time, we're here in beautiful Palo Alto, driving through majestic oak trees, um, these beautiful old craftsman built house, oh, there's the Hewlett Packard garage, love that garage, what a majestic garage, um, and then... We're going to go make some cups today. Maybe we'll make some pumpkins, but cups, these cups are a big hit. Everybody loves cups in Palo Alto. Um, and then tonight, tonight what's going on? We're going to, um, What are we going to do? We're going to teach another class tonight. So that's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about teaching a class. Um, to people about glass blowing. Um, You know, there's something wonderful about, like, getting back into this territory of, like, teaching very basic level of glass classes. It's, like, really forcing me to, like, check in with my basic skill sets and, like, my habits and things I do. It's really forcing me to people to articulate clearly what my hands and eyes and body is doing um, so I can tell people um, just what they need to do with their hands and eyes and bodies um, and I love that part of it and I think maybe there's like part of me that's like I've I've found that I'm in my older age here like enjoying more that technical part of it and seeing how like interesting that is where I think when I was younger in my first five to ten years was like a bit uh, was like more. I was more interested in the more complex techniques and like things that were a little more uh, 
um, more technical and like trying really difficult things. And now I'm seeing like a path of engaging. Um, in a different way and it's like really like it's like challenging to do things that are like basic and simple um so i'm really enjoying that part too i uh, was teaching a class the other night and met somebody who's actually listening to this podcast which is i was assuming that like i've seen that people are downloading this but i was assuming everyone was falling asleep um, and didn't actually listen. Um, but now, like, actually picturing somebody and running into somebody in real life, um, it's definitely making this more challenging. So hopefully um, I'm able to meet this challenge. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this um, twice a week. I feel like I want to, but I'm like... It's a lot of information. I'm only I only have so many informations. There's only so many naps that I can take um, and come up with all this stuff. So um, here's the deal. I'm gonna go into the school and I'm gonna go. Um, make some things. I'm gonna go make some nice little glass cups. And I'm going to come up with some other ideas about things to talk to you about. And you're going to listen to those later while you fall asleep. Um, and you're going to have a great day, all right? And my, my day's going to be fine, too. But you're going to have a great day, all right? Okay. Well, love you lots. Uh, talk to you later. Bye for now. Just send a message.